Would you believe that a mom of three from Michigan is one of the fittest people I've ever met? If you found yourself in a mindset trap of false beliefs about your own potential, it's time to learn from a real person who has achieved really incredible health and fitness results. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 411, Rockstar Fitness for Real People with Melissa Vogel. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guest today is a fitness expert, business owner, a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo, model, actress, and an overall busy mom of three girls who inspires both women and men on their own fitness journeys. She is the host of the Bomb Mom podcast and creator of the online moms-only coaching group, Busy to Bomb Fit Mom, where she helps busy moms get back to being fit through mindset work, vision, and balance, combined with proper nutrition and exercise. And now here is my interview with Melissa Vogel. So I want to kick this off with a bit about you because I think you've got an interesting bio and some really fun work that you're doing. So let's just start there and then see where that takes us in terms of the world of fitness. I help moms rediscover who they were before they had kids. You know, I help bring out the inner beast and it's fun because once you help a mom achieve that, it trickles down into the entire family and everyone gets to see what they're really capable of. Their spouses, significant others, their kids, their parents, their sisters and brothers, like it just spreads out to everyone. So all you need to do is just light one match and the fire just spreads of finding your own potential, discovering how strong and tough you really are. Yeah, I love that. Um, I have I have a three year old daughter, and my wife is also pregnant. So six months pregnant now with our second child. And so one topic that we have going on at the house all the time is kind of not only how do we handle having more kids, but also what's the plan for us? You know, physically, what's our dietary plan? Like, how are we going to handle you know her specifically being able to get back to her previous you know best self? How do you tend to handle that with people who, you know, you go through a big life transition, having children is definitely one of those. What is the kind of, I guess, the shift that has to be made to say, you know, I want to get to my best self or back to that. Where, what kind of an angle are you taking there to help somebody get there mentally and, and physically? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And oh, man, your life is about right to change so much. <laughs> my kids are three years apart, too. Nice. So this is a this is a great gap for you. One of the number one things that I'm always telling moms and parents in general, moms and dads, is that you have to let go of your old life. Mm. If you want to move forward and become fit and lean and strong and, you know, stay on the right healthy path, you have to let go what you did during your single life. I have moms all the time that are like, they have kids and then they're like, oh my God, I got to lose this weight. And I used to do this when I was 18 or 19 or 20 and it's just not working now. And I'm like, girl, you got to let that go because you are a completely different beast now. You've created life. You are growing a family. And what you did when you were 21 isn't going to work now. So one, mentally, let that go. Know that you're going to find new ways to eat, work out. Your body's going to be different. Your relationship's going to be different. And know that that's okay, that there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Secondly, <laughs> you have to learn how to eat um, throughout the chaos. 
parents always lose sight of what's best for them because then, you know, it's just natural to want to take care of the kids all the time. What are they eating? Are we on schedule? Is the baby going to sleep? You know, um, is, are the bottles made? Do we have enough diapers? Like everything just starts focusing on the kids. And then it's like, Oh God, you know, have we eaten dinner yet? No, (laughs) we haven't. And we lose ourselves in that. And moms especially lose that. And if you're a working mom, it's even harder because now you're going back to work and you're responding to emails and the hustle and bustle. And a lot of moms are in the bathrooms, you know, trying to pump and do everything on top of everything else. And it's just madness and we lose ourselves. So make sure that you are still fitting in your caloric needs. How much protein are you consuming? How many calories are you taking in every single day? Don't lose yourself in the madness, which is so easy to say, but when you can be aware of it before, even, you know, for you, second baby comes, you're going to be way ahead of the game. Yeah. I feel like having a plan ahead of time, like knowing that the chaos is coming and be able to prepare for that is always going to be super helpful. Uh, let's go kind of go back a second for your personal story of fitness. Cause you mentioned you've got a couple of kids and you, you know, I've seen pictures of you online and they are very impressive. And so I think a lot of people might look at that and say, well, you know, how do I get that? How do I change my life that dramatically? What was your story of, of getting yourself to be where you are today? Yeah, I I've had three kids. I have four at home and It has been interesting because I've always been involved in health and fitness. You know, I've been a personal trainer for years. I've been in the fitness industry for over 20. And with each child, you know, you bounce back a little differently. It takes a little bit longer. After my first daughter was born, um, I'm also an actress and a model. And she was six weeks old and I got hired to shoot lingerie, which it wasn't even my forte, but I was like, okay, I'll do this. And she was only six weeks old. That's how fast I bounced back. But then the second one, totally different. And then by the third one, we're looking at a 65 pound weight gain by the end of that pregnancy. Hmm. And I lost the weight. I looked good for having three kids And then one day I was in my basement, I'm from Michigan and I'm working out my basement. I'm trying to like, you know, get back in shape. Bathing suit season was coming and my stomach was like jiggling and I could feel it. I'm like, what is that feeling? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's my stomach moving when I was doing like this move mountain climbers on my floor. And I was like, enough's enough. This is not me. I don't even recognize this body anymore. You know, I've let life and children take it over and I want it back. And that's how my program that I run, Busy to Bomb Fit Mom, was born. Everything that I did to take myself from, yeah, I look good for having three kids, you know, to being strong, toned, lean, and ripped is what this program is. And one of the number one things that I did was, yes, I worked out and I learned a lot more about my eating. I paid attention to what made me lean, not necessarily just healthy. Um, But I also started to figure out that the mindset portion of your fitness journey, it's huge. I tell women all the time, you have to get mentally fit and mentally tough as well as physically fit and physically tough. Otherwise you'll lose weight and then you'll gain it or you'll make some gains and then you'll fall backwards. Or for a lot of women, we move forward. And then because we don't mentally shift into a strong tone, lean rip mom, we self-sabotage 
you know, and that's when you find yourself in the pantry binging on marshmallows <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night and you sabotage what you've done because you don't even recognize the direction that you're heading in. So that mental shift of doing the work on my self-love, my self-worth, my self-talk, seeing my value, seeing the value in every single thing I put in my mouth, seeing the value in every workout that I made time for, it was key to my success. Yeah, I know for me, like I've made shifts in my life where there be certain things that I care about or say that I care about, but they're never actually like number one on my to do list. It's always something that it's it's very fleeting for me. Like, you know, health is a good example of that, where I'll feel really motivated to do something for a few days and then I just don't care anymore or I, kind of, yep. I balance back and forth a lot. Um, I know you have a perspective here on motivation that I want to hear more about because I feel like a lot of us we rely on motivation as the thing to pull us out of bed in the morning and it, it doesn't seem to work most of the time. So how does that play out for us? It doesn't, you know, and I, I have to laugh when you say, you know, you do something for a couple of days and then you lose it. And like, you never quite make it a habit. And, and you're right. People are always looking for that motivation factor of like, Oh, I just, I got to get motivated or I I'm just not motivated today. So, and I'm here to tell you motivation is a joke. It comes and goes so fast. You could be all pumped and ready for a workout and then you get the worst email from your boss and then you're like, Ugh, and you don't work out for another five days because of that one email. Mm. And you have to let go of the feelings and emotions of, okay, I feel like I want to do this. And then that produces your results because that it just, it, it, that's not how it can work. We, in my group, I teach all my clients and, and my members, um, and everyone in my life, really, <laughs> we put in the, what I call, I don't feel like it rep. And that is how you learn how to be consistently motivated, even when you aren't. And if you want to grow muscle, right, if you want bigger biceps or quads or whatever, you put in the reps, you have to pick up heavy weight, curl it, put it down, curl it. And over and over a time, that muscle becomes larger and bigger. It's the same with motivation. When you keep showing up, even when you don't feel like it. And I have people put, have a jar on their table and I'm like, okay, every time you show up for a workout, I want you to get a marble and add it to that jar. Watch that jar grow and watch how many, I don't feel like it reps you put in. That is how you mentally start changing and shifting yourself. And don't get me wrong. You're always going to not feel like it. <laughs> like you're, there's never going to be a time where you're like, Oh my God, I want to just do every single workout. And this is just amazing. I've shifted. No, I just put in, I don't feel like it rep just last night. It was like nine o'clock at night. Going to the gym was the last thing I wanted to do after put, I put the kids to bed and cleaned up after dinner and everything. But I was like, no, this has to be done. And I've put in so many of these reps it's easier. They're still there. I still don't feel like doing it, but now it's easier. If like, no, you know, the benefits, you know, how good you're going to sleep now if you just show up. So that's one step of just letting go of the motivational feeling. And over time you realize like, you know what, I can do this even when I don't have the feel good feelings going on. And then when you do feel motivated or you hear an awesome podcast like yours or, you know, a song or something, and you have those really good motivational vibes going through your body, it just makes that workout 10 times better. But you know, you can do it without it now. Mm. Do you know a guy named David Goggins or heard of him? 
Yes, sir. <laughs> so I, the more you're talking about motivation, the more I just hear his voice yelling at me in the back of my head, because <laughs> I think he has that same mentality of like, there are no excuses. Like you're going to get up, you're going to do your thing. That's it. And I feel like his like hardcore personality is one that a lot of people look at either you're, you're, you're scared by him or it's really motivational because his just his persistent intensity is one that I think maybe we're striving to go that that far. But I guess mm-hmm. from your perspective, like how does that play into like am I waking up every single day with this like warlike mentality that I'm going to tackle everything <laughs> or like what does it look like there? I definitely don't because I'm like this girl from Michigan that has three kids and I am not a soldier or <laughs> I just don't have that type of toughness to me. But I definitely wake up every morning with the right intentions. You know, I never go to sleep without knowing what is A, B, and C, a lot of D, E, E, F, G, H, and it just keeps going on that I have to do today. So I know that there's a plan ready for me and we don't deviate from that. And I have learned over the years that I have to treat my workouts like important business meetings that I don't cancel. Like Mm. you do not cancel that huge meeting with you and your boss and I can shift it. I can reschedule if I really have to, but we do not miss a workout. And I teach my clients that too. And then that way, you know, it's just not negotiable. It's a little bit softer way of looking at it than David Goggins, but I (laughs) I love him and his enthusiasm and and he gets me going. I just, I Mm. love it. That's what puts motivation, you know, in, in my soul is listening to things like that, but no, I'm not as hardcore as him. I just have a plan (laughs) in place. And I know that my time for me, it's not something that will come off the list. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, one thing that benefited me quite a bit was actually having our first child because her daycare closes at 3.30, so I have to pick her up. 
And I just started taking her right from there to the gym. And so then she has, you know, daycare at the gym and I get my workout in. And that hard boundary for me really changed the way that I viewed my day because all of a sudden going to the gym was no longer optional. Like I was going to take care of my daughter either way. I may as well get a workout in while she's being cared for then. And this that shift for me basically guaranteed a workout in my schedule, whereas before I made a lot of excuses to not go or to postpone it, which of course just means I never went. And so I feel like oftentimes for me, if I have that boundary, the workout is guaranteed. And that for me has just changed everything. Yeah, you have that boundary and it's scheduled in your mm. brain and your body knows that at this time we're picking her up, we're going here, we're doing this. And it's it became habit for you. It became routine. And I always tell people too, and this is not an original Melissa Vogel quote at all. I've heard this years ago, but your mind is the general and your body is the soldier. So mm. it will do whatever your mind commands it to do. So if your head, you're like, no we're picking it up. We're going to go to the gym. Your body's sitting there going, okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, muscles stay awake. Cause he's hitting the gym later and it, it just listens and follows suit. Yeah. And so that same point you made earlier about like, you know, you don't feel like it and you go anyway. I think that one thing I've noticed is that, you know, if I don't feel like going to the gym, but I put the clothes on, I drive there anyway, and I just start doing something like it happens. Like I get into the flow and the workout just happens anyway. And like me not wanting to do it didn't really matter because it's almost like once I've got that routine established, my body just kind of like turns itself on automatically and I just start moving. I like that rhythm for me took a while to get established, but once I've got it now, it really feels like just another part of my day. Like I've done every other day. Yeah, it does. And I know you have a lot of go-getters that listen to this podcast and they're busy and they're working and they're hustling, you know, and one of the best things that they can do is either get up and get their workout done right away because they know the madness is coming, you know, throughout mm -hmm. the day and there's yep. not going to be any other time. Or if there's someone that can hit the gym later, like you make sure that bag is packed the night before. Like having it packed and not having to do it in the morning when all the chaos is going on with everything else, that's key. That's your mind saying, okay, body, listen up. We got the gear bag packed. This is going to happen. And some people lay their clothes out on the foot of their bed. I even have women in my group that sleep in their workout clothes. So they mm. get up and they just go. But again, it's just another signal for the brain and body to work together and be like, all right, we already got this sports bra on, the leggings are on, this, <laughs> this is happening. And the body's like, okay, we'll turn on. <laughs> So in the name of, of intensity, how much working out do we need to be doing? Because I know that I've kind of moved to a system where I'm working out about five days a week. And I feel like that tends to work out well as far as having some rest days and, and getting the workouts in that I want. But I know some people do you know, two-day workouts, seven days a week or something along those lines. Where does it fit into the schedule for most people to say, you know, I want to improve my body, but I don't necessarily want to like, you know, destroy my lifestyle at the same time. Like, how, how do you find the balance there? Right. You have to figure out what works for you and take it slow, take it one week at a time. And that's going to take a lot of just shifting and watching and even journaling like, okay, this week, my goal three days a week, I'm going to do hardcore resistance training two days and then cardio one day. See how that goes. Were you successful at that? If the answer is yes, 
repeat it. See if you can do it another week. This, this is a very common question that I'm asked and everyone is so different. I would love to be able to say, you know what, Jeff, six days, I want you going six days. One day recovery is enough. Hit it hard. Make sure you're doing weights every day, fit in some cardio, but that's just not realistic for everyone. Figure out what works for you then repeat it. See if you can make it a habit. And if you're doing really good at that, then go to the four day mark, four days a week. It's huge. You know, that could be four successful workouts Monday through Thursday. That's going to leave you pretty sore and feeling really good into the weekend, which will help you cut back on making bad choices and bad decisions because hopefully you're sore and you're like, oh man, I'm not just going to sit around because it actually hurts more to sit around or I'm not going to eat that because I'm actually still pretty sore from legs day. And then the golden ticket I always say is like what you're doing is five days a week, Monday through Friday, hustle, take the weekend off and enjoy it and then put it on repeat again. But everyone's so different. Their schedule is so unique. So you have to figure out what works for you. But the key I'm going to tell you right now is resistance training, picking up heavy stuff and putting it down. <laughs> that works for me. That, that tends to be what I tend to focus on. Um, I know that one aspect of fitness that you know you see quite a bit is that essentially people are trying to outwork their bad diets. And I feel like when I see people at the gym, that's really all that they're in there for. They really want to lose fat, not build muscle. And I feel like there's a there's a big difference in the two of those goals. So how do you play out the, the balance of, I'm going to exercise for fitness and muscle growth and, and flexibility, but then also there's the dietary portion of, you know, having the right healthy foods, losing the fat. How do you balance those in terms of, of lifestyle decisions and, and achieving both those goals at the same time? Yeah, there is this picture floating around out there and it's this woman running on a treadmill and in front of her is this platter of food. <laughs> and I think there's even like a fishing pole hanging in front of her with like a donut hanging. And it it's it's just amazing. Everyone should look it up. I, I'll have to find the name of it. And she's running on the treadmill and the whole theme is like, you can't outrun a bad diet. <laughs> you hmm. can't outwork out a bad diet. And she's just going to town and she's never going to achieve her goals. And you're right. There has to be a balance. You cannot outwork a bad diet. And when you go to the gym and you see the sea of people there, and when you're, you know, a, a true gym rat and you're there every day at the same time, you see the same people. And it's funny, take note in about six months, I bet those people will look exactly the same. Mm. And you can tell that the men are just big. They're, they're just like big because they have like all this built muscle underneath, but they didn't shed the fat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the poor women are just still over on the treadmill, sweating away, trying to lose layers, but it's not working because when they leave, they're going to either starve themselves because they're just so busy and they don't make time to eat, or they're going to go home and just make all the wrong choices. So there has to be that balance of I'm working out and giving this much energy and effort to my body, but in the kitchen, I'm working out still, and I'm giving this much energy and effort to the food that's fueling my body. There has to be balance. Now, don't get me wrong. I love ice cream. I love sweets, but I make sure that it fits in with my calories for the day. I make sure that there isn't an imbalance of sweets and sugars in my life. And then um, you know, massive cardio to try and make up for it. There's, there's always a balance there. And the more you resistance train, the more muscle that you put on your body, 
the more your body burns sugar, you can get away with actually eating more sugar when you have larger muscle. Um, your body just eats up that, that glycogen faster. So the bigger muscle, the more you can get away with, you actually burn more calories at rest. Uh, but a lot of women shy away from resistance training or going hard with the weights because they think, oh, well, I already have big thighs, so I don't want to get bigger thighs, or I don't want to get huge and jacked, you know, like uh, I don't want to look like a man. Ladies, we we don't make that type of testosterone. We're not <laughs> pumping hormones through our bodies like that. It's not going to happen. Um, and they think that, well, I just need to sweat. You know, I just need to feel dripping sweat to like get the burn. And then when I burn, it's going to burn fat off my body. Well, short term, but long term, if you pick up the weight and do resistance training, you're going to get a much greater after effect. And I tell my clients all the time, remember this. Fat can't live where muscle grows. The more muscle you put on your body, the more your body's going to kick the fat out and kick it to the curb. Be like, no, there's no room for you here. Sorry. <laughs> it's time for you to move on. So you really think that from that balance there that lifting weights would kind of outpace cardio workouts then? Oh, for sure. The science just proves that time and time again, the afterburn, the after effect, you know, when you do a cardio workout, just giving an example, let's say you, you do cardio for 30 minutes on the elliptical and you're sweating and you're burning. Great. Your afterburn will last, you know, an hour, two hours, like your body will continue to burn. There's a whole science and science terminology behind this, but we're going to keep it simple. And let's say you do a 30 minute lifting session. Like, you know, you're lifting hard, working, working good. Your afterburn will be four to six hours later. You're still burning from that workout. So not only are you ripping and tearing muscle, which is good and growing that muscle to kick the fat out, you're experiencing the after effect for hours later. I want to keep burning while I'm in my car driving to work or picking up my kids long after I've done, you know, my training at the gym versus oh, my burn lasted through my shower after my gym. And when I, you know, went to the store and went home, like I, I would prefer the longer burn for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's going to be one of the, the better options there in terms of yeah, getting the effects of the workout you want. I kind of want to go back to this idea of diet. So before we began this conversation, I'm officially recording. You had mentioned this idea to me that eating healthy does not necessarily equate to becoming lean. And I feel like mm -hmm. there is a, a really big maybe misnomer in terms of how we eat, what we eat, how much we eat versus the body we end up with after all of that. So what's the connection there if, if your goal really is fat loss and looking more lean? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that back up. Um, some people get mad at me when I say this, they're like, what do you mean? Healthy doesn't mean getting lean. And they're like, I eat super clean and super healthy. I'm like, that's great. You really should. My own body and my journey is the best example I can give. When I was healthy and had kids and living, I always ate organic and non-GMO. I still do. Um, ingredients do matter, you know, but for breakfast, I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have this organic bowl of cereal with my almond milk. That's non GMO. And then like a piece of organic bread or toast with my organic almond butter on it, you know, and, and it's great, super healthy, but 
it was like massive amounts of carbs and sugar. And then I didn't understand why I was starving like two hours later. I'm like, man, I just ate. So then I'd eat again. You know what I'd have? Oh my God, I'm gonna have an apple. Yes. Oh, healthy apple. And then for lunch, I'd have a sandwich with my clean, put some lettuce on there. And it was like, more carbs, <laughs> healthy. And, you know, then for dinner, we'd have like our um, ton of rice. And then I would do it, you know, a side of broccoli, super healthy sounds like, right? All these things add up throughout the day and I'm healthy. It's clean, but that food was not what was going to make me lean and burn fat. I had to learn what can I swap out where I'm still full, still eating a lot, but it's helping me shed fat and build muscle. And soon after, when I started like messing around with my food, I started feeling better. I started taking out the carbs and the bread and at pasta, I would do some swaps and stuff and mess around. And like the bags under my eyes cleared up, my skin cleared up. Um, I was sleeping better. My stomach pain started going away. And I went to uh, um, the doctor and I started telling him these changes I was making and I, what I was having before. And I'm like, I always feel bloated before and it was awful. And come to find out I have a gluten sensitivity. Um, I carry the genetic marker for celiacs. And they're like, we think you're really making some changes just by cutting out gluten. So I played with it even more. And I learned how to get full off of the right foods and eat massive amounts of food. And the body fat just started changing and coming off my stomach that I thought I would never have a six pack again, started shaping. And I started seeing definition in my obliques after my stomach was, you know, the size of three basketballs shoved in there with <laughs> my kids. Cause they were huge. I have big kids and I started seeing changes being made. So now for breakfast, my power breakfast, I'm giving you guys like the inside scoop here. No, mm. <laughs> my power breakfast is now a half a cup of oats, the quick oats every single day, loads of cinnamon. The oats give me sustainable energy. The bread and the carbs that I was eating before in the cereal, I crash quick. Your body takes it, uses the carb, and then you, and then it's done. Oats will stay with you. They will fuel you longer. The cinnamon is great for you, helps with blood pressure, cholesterol, everything, and it makes it taste great. And then we all need salt in our diet to help with water absorption and keep, you know, all the electrolytes flowing. So it's like this perfect meal that again, I never miss. I never miss this breakfast. Now, if I'm fasting one day, that's a whole nother story. I still start off with this meal and I never miss. I've been camping up in the middle of nowhere in a mountain <laughs> and we had a generator and I brought my little skillet thing and I still made the same breakfast and everyone made fun of me. I'm like, yeah, but we're going to go hiking later and I'm going to beat all of you to the top because I fueled the right way. And then for lunch and dinner, I started doing everything on like butter lettuce and I love the crunch. And I'm like, oh my God, if I'm taking out the bread and I'm now using big leaves of romaine and butter lettuce, I put more pickles on it. I put more toppings and seasoning because I was taking away carbs in the bad area and there was room left over to play. Um, I eat out. I, I eat out. I eat more than most men in a single day. My portions of food, it's huge. And it's because I'm eating massive amounts of veggies 
and protein, some carbs, just smarter carbs, um, in a single setting. So I feel super, super full and I never feel like I'm on a diet and my body has enough protein to build the muscle and it just doesn't have the carbs that I need. I'm getting carbs. Don't get me wrong. Vegetables are definitely carbs, but I'm not getting the hard starchy, simple carbs. Um, that just gets stored as fat if I don't burn enough. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So essentially, you're replacing most carbs with protein. Is that like the general take on this? Because it sounds like that sounds like a good swap to make. But is that kind of like the overall direction you're going? I'm replacing the simple carbs with a vegetable. So last night we had spaghetti for dinner. I didn't eat the pasta. I had broccoli. So not swapping out carb for protein. I'm swapping out carb for a different carb. Mm. And I had a massive plate of it and it was delicious. And I felt so full and satisfied. Nice. Yeah. So you think that that overall, the average person's making this kind of a swap and working out, you know, reasonably, that that overall leads to the, the leaner, more ripped body you're going for. Huge difference. Absolutely huge difference. What do you say? What do you think like the most for most people when they struggle, is it they're struggling with, with food addiction and that's where they get like, you know, I can't maintain this diet because I feel like it's a diet or I feel like I just can't let go of certain things. Like, is that the hang up on a dietary switch is just that we're just so accustomed to certain ways of eating. We just like mentally refuse to give it up or like, what's the the leap there to, to move forward? Oh, for sure. People definitely struggle with giving that up, but I mean, we could do an entirely whole new episode on this topic, but you know, in our culture and society here, we use food for so many things other than just fuel. Mm. You know, it's a form of comfort, comfort for us when we've had a hard, stressful day, especially for women, food brings us that comfort and that peace. Even if it's just for 10 minutes, we forget about everything and it just tastes so good on the lips. You just <laughs> are like in heaven and that's addicting. Absolutely. Those feel good feelings. That's what you turn to for comfort. Um, it's it's something that we don't want to give up. And people also like control, right? We have such a sense of a loss of control, especially right now. Um, 
and being told and, and mandates and everything, you know, like we're like, ah, you know, what, what do I have control over my food, my food? 100%. I get to control what I eat. So yeah, it is hard for some people to let that go. Um, but that comes with a shift of opening yourselves up to eating more vegetables because a lot of people are like, no, I hate vegetables. I can't eat them. They're gross. They're disgusting. I can't tell you how many hundreds of people I've converted to, you know, choosing zucchini over French fries. And they're like, I hated zucchini. I hated broccoli. I'm like, you keep telling yourself that though, and your mind and your body is both going to believe it. So it's, it's a mental shift as well, but there's just a lot of comfort and a lot of feelings and emotions connected with food in our culture and, and control. So know that you can control your health in other ways and that no one's taking anything away from you. That's why I don't people put people on a diet. That's why I don't just say, all right, this is what you're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I coach and teach people how to fish for life. I don't provide you a net full of fish. I'm like, no, we're going to coach you how to fish. So you can fish for yourself and your family and your kids. And then, you know, you can have the ice cream and the balance and nothing's being taken away from you because you're doing so well in this area. There's room to play. Do you think that most people do well with like, let's say most make a switch to this type of lifestyle where they are, they're caring about their diet. They care about their fitness are boot camps effective where someone just jumps in and says, you know, for the next 30 days, I'm going to overhaul my whole life? Or is a like a slower transition more effective? Because I know for myself that I love a good boot camp. It's fun to like really change my life dramatically. But those things never tend to last the way I want them to. Is that what you see with most of your clients? You're so right. I, I'm just giggling to myself right now. They're asking me this question because I have been um, given the the name Camp Cleanup. <laughs> and they're like, go see Melissa. She's the camp cleanup. And I'm like, what are you guys calling me now? They're like, oh yeah, they call you the camp cleanup. We have so many of these transformation camps and boot camps around here where you pay a good chunk of money for six weeks. They whip you into shape and then you hold the sign and smile next to it. And they're like, six weeks later, I lost 30 pounds. And then it's just, it's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I can't totally tear it down because like you said, it's fun. It's fun to go to (laughs) and the environment and the music. And you don't have to think because you have an instructor there telling you what to do. They're not awful. Don't get me wrong. They're not like the worst thing in the world. Change it up. Go to them. Add them to your life. Hey, if that's what's getting you off the couch and you're going to a boot camp, do it like for sure. But know this, it's just short term. It's a bandaid. And the problem is that people go hardcore for six weeks. They're told what to, how to work out and they're told what to eat and they're not making any mental changes or shifts on their own. That's damaging because then once that six week, six weeks end, people are like, well, now what do I do? Or they're like, oh my God, I haven't had pizza in forever. And they go eat two whole, you know, cheese pizzas by themselves. And now they've opened Pandora's box and it's like, oh, oh yes, I forgot. We love this food. And they, it's all downhill from there. Like I said before, you have to have this mental shift and growth over long periods of time to really change who you want to become. And the more band-aids you use over a large wound, you're just creating a more problem because there's no mental um, 
reps being put in, you know, you follow a meal plan, what they give you and they tell you to eat like the asparagus every single day. And it's awful (laughs) by the six weeks, you just hate it. Well, you didn't learn what to go to the grocery store and pick out for yourself. You didn't learn how to pick up a box and read the ingredients be like, oh my God, that's got like circles. And I'm getting, no, I remember I learned that is bad. I'm going to switch to something else. Um, You just go to the store, you look at your list, you buy it, you put it in your cart. That's great. And I know some people are like, well, I'm busy. I need that. You know, I just, I just need to be told what to do. You do, but you also need to learn to, and to think and act for yourself. And then with the workouts, it's great to shut your brain off and have someone else tell you what to do and follow the music and do everything. But at the same time, you know, what if those classes were taken away from you tomorrow? Are you able to go to the gym? Do you have enough knowledge now to go to the gym and work out and train on your own? Can you put in that? I don't feel like it rep on, on your own. So there's, there's a lot of the, you know, a dark side. There's a huge dark side that comes along with those boot camps, And most people gain that weight back uh, within six months, if not more weight than when they even started them. And then they go back and it's this huge vicious cycle. So let's say someone does go through a boot camp like that, or they, they start a program and the thing they're struggling with, as you've mentioned multiple times now is is this mental toughness angle. How is this, are you going to train your mind by simply going back to the gym again and again, each day on your own, making your own decisions or what leads someone to say, like, I've got a stronger mindset around exercise and diet. Is this the reps of going back again and again? What strengthens that? Oh, absolutely. Listening to the right podcast. Okay. Audio is huge. What you plug your mind into every single day on your way to the gym. What are you listening to? How are you filling your mind? That's going to change you. Who do you surround yourself with? You know, are you surrounded by friends that just party and drink on the weekends? Because you can go put in as many reps as you want, but then if that's your environment and no one's helping you, you're going to make one step forward. And then on the weekend, you're going to take 20 steps back. So what you listen to, who you hang around with, start finding like-minded people, you know, and hang out with them, make sure they're part of your inner circle. Um, and that might take some time. You're not going to find people who have the same goals, um, and like mindsets as you right away. And then also, yes, just showing up on a consistent basis is going to start to change you. And this is, this is difficult to do on your own. And that, that's why I coach the way I do now. I coach in like a group setting. I don't do individual training sessions anymore. Like we have people from all across the country that come um, and join my program and we teach together and they see me live every single day. So what you're viewing on social media and Instagram and, you know, make sure you're not just watching the filtered life, make sure you're watching and following actual real life people that are putting in the work and encouraging you and motivating you in a positive way, not just showing up and you only see a filter on them and their body just looks perfect all the time because that's not reality. So what you hear, see, think, believe when you show up, when you don't show up, all those things are going to slowly start to have this effect on, on who you are and who you're transforming into. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the idea of, of both audio and the people that you're around. Because I found that for myself, that's been enormous. And I know that one th- shift that I made, which is probably the opposite direction, was that before my daughter was born, I went to the Gold's Gym here in Nashville. And then she was born, I needed a better daycare opportunity for the gym, so I switched to the YMCA. 
Well, Gold's gym environment is really intense. Like the people there are crazy <laughs> awesome and like the most ridiculous ways. Like they are the Instagram models who are taking photos of themselves in the mirror. And then you go to the YMCA and the average age is like 75. And like it's a <laughs> totally different feel. But like to that same degree, like I have to take, I guess, my own mental toughness to the Y now because the people there aren't quite as inspiring as I would <laughs> maybe need. But uh, it, it is interesting kind of to, you know, juxtapose those two different environments. Yeah, I was part of a gym that was um, more quiet, didn't have a whole lot of members and stuff. And I'm like, no, this is great. I could be by myself. And then I had to make a switch and I went to a different gym and people were definitely younger. It was more open. There were more windows and it was brighter and it, it just changed things for me. So I got just stuck in the rut of like, this is where I need to be. And then I opened my eyes to a different environment and it was huge. It did make a difference. But even if you work out in your basement alone, <laughs> plug in those headphones, crank up some music, some Metallica or whatever gets you going and just get in the zone. And one thing too, if you are stuck at a YMCA because they have better childcare for your daughter, <laughs> but you're like, I need, I need that pump. I will find I've had to, I'd had to do this over COVID because all the gym shut down and I was now working out at my home gym by myself every day. And I was used to that gym pump, find something that like flips the switch for you. For me, I never go to the gym in my gym shoes. I always go in flip-flops. It could be snowing out and I would have went in flip-flops or something and go there and I change my shoes. That changing my shoes tells my brain and my body, it's go time. You're mm. lacing up your shoes, you're taking off the flip-flops, you're putting on your socks. Like this is the flip of my switch. Like now it's time. And over COVID, I was like at home, I couldn't show up anywhere. And I'm like, I'm just putting on shoes. You know, I had to put on a hat. I got into this huge hat kick and I was like, nope, I'm going out to the gym. I'm putting on my hat. I bring that brim down and I'm like, it's go time. Here we go. So I invite you and your listeners to find something that's going to do that switch for you. It could be putting gum in your mouth. Ladies, it could be tying your hair up into a messy bun. It could be cracking the can on your favorite energy drink, you know, it, it, anything, but connect something to the activity. So your brain goes, okay, it's go time. Here we go. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah, I, th I think I use that strategy without realizing it. That's I do the same thing every day when I put on my gym clothes. I think it's it's a powerful mental switch. Then once that's on, it's like, yeah, headphones are on. Here we go. And I, I love that feeling. That's the part. That's perfect. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, oh, I guess I kind of do do that. But now that you're aware of it, it's going to be even stronger. Certainly so. Uh, Melissa, this has been amazing. I feel I'm, I'm pumped now. I'm ready to go work out. So I feel like you've, you've done your job today. Um, so from that perspective, if you know, our listeners say want to learn more from you and, and dig into your programs, where, where can they go to learn more? Yeah, my website is melissavogelfitness.com. And for the moms, if you're looking to go next level, it's got a ring to it. It's busy to bombfitmom.com. And I'm all over social media. So if you look up Melissa Vogel, Melissa Vogel Fitness, my Instagram is it's Melissa Vogel Fitness, or I'm sorry, it's Melissa Vogel. Um, you'll find me on there. And I'm I'm raw, I'm real on my stories. I show everything. So if you need that little kick in the butt, definitely look me up. <laughs> Awesome. I'll definitely have those links for listeners this week. And I, I'm excited for them to dig in because definitely fitness, health, nutrition, all these things are so valuable for, you know, being your best self, getting more done. You know, this show is all about productivity, but really it's about the whole package. And I'm glad that you brought in lots of those good angles today for us. So yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, uh, thanks for having me on Jeff. This is awesome. 
And for that action step this week, get to the gym, lift weights, eat great food, and get even better sleep. It's not hard to understand, yet most of us don't do the basics that we know work so well. So do the little things that make a difference and do them every day. JeffSanders.com slash 411 is the place to go to get the episode notes and go to 5AMMiracle.com to join the 5AM club and get free email updates about the show. That's all I've got for you here on the 5AM Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.